I never saw men barbecue or heard of men barbecuing until much later. The women did it. Coming up on OkraCast, we bring you voices of women in barbecue. And Floria Woodard remembers starting her job at the Court of Two Sisters in New Orleans as the first African-American bartender. Yeah, when they put me over here, they didn't have anyone at all to train me. I really had to train myself. This is OkraCast from the Southern Foodways Alliance headquarters at the University of Mississippi. Keep listening. Hear the story of how it came to pass, of all the dreads and glory. It's time for OkraCast. I'm Anna Hamilton, and welcome to OkraCast from the Southern Foodways Alliance. OkraCast maps food culture across the changing American South. This is a storytelling podcast that explores the dynamic people, places, and traditions of our region. Today, we're all about barbecue and cocktails, a perfect way to kick off the summer. First, oral historian Sarah Wood serves up barbecue from women-run barbecue establishments across the South. I never saw men barbecue or heard of men barbecuing until much later. The women did it. People see me coming, whether it's man or woman, they see me coming and they love me because I'm fixing to feed them. And if you're coming in off the highway, well, you can just see that smoke bubbling up. That means I'm doing business. If I open at 7, they will eat it for breakfast. I've usually got my baseball cap on and my hair pulled back, no makeup, because I get real dirty in the restaurant and I, I work really hard. Chop, sliced mince, chop brown, coarse chop brown, you name it, we'll do it. No, <laughs> we don't foil anything. We let it get all the smoke you can. So that's what you call barbecue. We cook it slowly, we cook it long, and it's delicious. When it first comes off the pit, you can't beat that outside. And it just shows you that a woman's power is just as good as a man's power, you know? She can do it, honey, and she's just amazing at what she can do. Everybody, especially women, we want to please everybody. And the weight of the man's heart is to the stomach. So I guess it kind of surprises me that there aren't more women doing this sort of stuff. You know, I know there's women out there in the restaurant business, but... Uh, barbecue, maybe it's because barbecue is such a hard, it is a hard job. Very, people don't realize the restaurant business, period, is extremely physical, extremely long hours, hard work, so you've got to be, you've got to love it, and I, I absolutely love it. Yeah, because, mama, you make my meat red well, I've been working here since I was a little girl, but actually when I first started getting on the paycheck was when I was 16 years old. I started out as a waitress, and then I've worked in every department in here since. I can cook meat to whatever you need. I can do it. <laughs> Sometimes it's really, really hard for the employees to respect me because I'm, you know, they see me since I was a little girl, but it's been wonderful because they all respect me, and I have to get on to them sometimes, but, you know. I, nothing's going to change if I have anything to say with it. You don't find pit cook barbecue hardly anymore. You just don't do it. And that's one thing that we're going to stand by, and we're always going to do that, is have pit cook barbecue. I have no desire to do anything else with it here. Those are voices from women in barbecue. To hear more and to read the interviews, head on over to southernfoodways.org.
This is Thursday, March 31st, 2005, and I'm in New Orleans, Louisiana, in the French Quarter on Royal Street at the Court of Two Sisters. Next, I'm passing the microphone to the SFA's lead oral historian, Amy Evans, for cocktails. Amy traveled to New Orleans to speak with Floria Woodard, the first African-American bartender at the Court of Two Sisters. The Court of Two Sisters is an historic Creole restaurant on Governor's Row in the French Quarter, and it's particularly well-known for its jazz trio. Well, and just to back up a little bit, you said you're from Mississippi originally. Yes, born and raised in Tallahassee, Mississippi. I uh, come from a large family, uh, from 11 of siblings that's alive, but I'm the youngest uh-huh. of all. What brought you to New Orleans? Survivor. <laughs> you know, the survivor, that's what it was. It was nothing in Mississippi to do as far as work-wise. If you couldn't farm, you couldn't work, he wasn't making anything. It was pretty tough for the people of color in Mississippi. We were talking about you were given the opportunity to become a bartender here. Well, Did they, they just throw you into the fire? Yeah, they swim into the fire, into the into the lake and say swim. <laughs> <laughs> no, no paddle either. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, when they put me over here, they didn't have anyone at all to train me. I really had to train myself. Yeah. I had to learn everything back here. And I had a lot of reading to do. I had a lot of bar guide books. Uh-huh. So that means I followed their recipe. So if you have a drink from me today that you enjoy, tomorrow or next month or two years from now, when you return, it will be the same. Yeah. Because you use the same recipe. So there's a formula that you follow for success. Yes, exactly. Do you have a cocktail that you enjoy making? More so than another? I enjoy making the mandula and I enjoy making the Sazerac. Yeah. Sazerac was the first cocktail that was called Cockatoo, which was made by a pharmacy. He was New Orleans and he made it to cure anything that ails you. So we call it the potion. Potion. <laughs> Do you get a lot of calls for the Sazerac? Yes, very much so. It's yeah. a big, it's a big go here. Do you have any service industry people who come to your bar after they get off shifts? No, no. I don't. I don't have no, no, no uh, service industry that come at the bar at all. Every once in a while, one or two will come in. They work down the street. I had a few came in when I was retired in 2000. <laughs> because they couldn't believe I had been here that long. They was coming just to see me. I said, no, I don't have no tail. <laughs> they said, no, Miss Flo, we just wanted to meet you. You know, two nice young men. And the next time I look up, there's somebody else peeping to see who that bartender was because they had read it in the newspaper, you see. Because yeah. Picky Young picked up my retirement. That was uh, very lovely, too. Yeah. They wrote it up in the newspaper. But every time they... Uh, look at me there, I'm here, they go, you sure you retired? <laughs> I said, yeah, but they won't let me go, you know, they won't let me go, you know. So what do you think is the key to your popularity? Is it your longevity or your personality? I, or think, your... I think it's my personality and as pleasant as I am with everyone. I think when I treat people good, they're going to return. 
So what is it about this job that has kept you behind the bar for 40 years? What do you like about it? I really enjoy it. I enjoy meeting the people. I enjoy my management staff. And the owners, they treat me very well. And uh, all their friends loves me. They all come in. I can have 20 of them sitting at this bar right now. And there could be three bartenders back here. Guess who name they call us? All at the same time. So, okay, but they do have some more bartenders here, you know? Everybody wants you. Yes. That was Floria Woodard speaking to Amy Evans. Mrs. Woodard passed away in 2010, but in her honor, a bartending scholarship was created at the Crescent City School of Bartending. Mrs. Woodard's interview is part of our Bartenders of New Orleans Oral History Project, which lives online at southernfoodways.org. While you're there, lose yourself in our archives, where we've collected over 800 interviews from across the American South. We'll catch up with you again next week. I'm Anna Hamilton, and thanks for listening. You may not think you're hungry. This show will change your mind. I didn't know I was thirsty. Ochrecast is the soundtrack for the Southern Foodways Alliance, bringing you the stories behind the food. The Southern Foodways Alliance documents, studies, and celebrates the diverse food cultures of the changing American South. If you're hungry for more, pay us a visit online at southernfoodways.org. I want to hear the story of how it came to pass. Okay. Awesome. All right.